Hello, Jay here. If I could ask, could you give us a little five-star rate in Apple Podcasts? Go on, please. It won't take long. You can just do it now. That'd be lovely. And share the podcast. Tell your friends. Appreciate it. And on today's show, we're talking to master beer creator and owner of a Stetson cowboy hat, Chad Mitchell. American Chad first came to Phuket in 2004 for a holiday. And after time working in Taiwan and back in the good old US of A, Chad finally made Phuket his home. Well, until a few years ago when he left for Vietnam. Mm. Chad talks about going from studying to be a surgeon, then lawyer, before falling in love with the making of beer and working for Beervana and now setting up mixtape drinks. Chad is super awesome, handsome, and he let us try on his Stetson. Mmm, yee-haw. We like Chad. He's cool. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast. Y'all. What's up? I couldn't help it. It just... Hold on, hold on. I it get belonged a slap, in there. I get a what's up and I get a y'all. Yeah. <laughs> We're a multicultural cast here. Is it what it is? Um, Chad, yes. I don't know your full name. Chad Robert Mitchell. Oh, wow. Robert. Robert. Yeah. Three first names. <laughs> That's yeah, he's true. Yeah, it's true. Well, I'm James Matthew Stuart Walker, if I was going to be very honest. Which makes me giggle every time I hear it. I've got to be honest. What, what is it again? My... my my birth name is James Matthew Stewart Walker. Wow, that's very formal. Thank you very much. Yeah. But it's very difficult when you fill in in forms, yeah, yes. especially yeah. Thai forms, yeah. and there's not enough space for all those names. Or, or when in. you've got to sign the back of a passport photo. Yeah, it doesn't give me much. Yeah. Anyway, um, Chad, you, this is a difficult one because you're, you're technically not living in Phuket right not now. Anymore. But you used but to I be. always were. So let's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, so let's go back. When did you first come to Phuket? Oh, first time was actually my first trip out of the United States. I came 15 years ago thinking I never wanted to travel anywhere. And I was like, okay, I'll go to Thailand. Came to Phuket and Thailand in general and changed my life. Went back home, quit my job and moved to Asia. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. so let's first break moved that, here. So let's break, <laughs> let's break that down first. Of all. Yeah. So where are you from originally? Uh, California, Northern California. Okay, you take a sip of your iced coffee. Mm-hmm. Lovely so, little spot that, by the way. What is? Northern Cali. I was just filling in the gap. From him having a sip of coffee. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought it was going to go to California. Do... It's a yeah. really nice spot. Oh, yeah. Well, Santa Rosa, you're from. What's that? Santa Rosa. Santa Rosa, yeah, yeah. yeah. One of the best breweries in the world, Russian River Brewery. Yeah. Amen. Oh, and some of the best wineries. Some of the best wineries, too. So. Do you two want to talk about Northern Cali? I don't know. <laughs> no, just <laughs> beer. <laughs> some amazing breweries. Oh, didn't get, didn't oh, get no, to the winery. We're going to get on the weird beer stuff Here we go. Here we go. How long does that take? Weird beer shit. Anyway, let's go back, so back to, to Phuket. <laughs> so you came on holiday yeah. to Phuket. Uh, it's uh, all of Thailand. Yeah, I stopped in Phuket as well. Part, part of my loop through Thailand sorry, over, what, over three weeks. What year was it? 2004. It was right before the tsunami. What was the tsunami? 2004. Yeah, it was right before. Three months before the tsunami. Okay, so yeah, so, so it would yeah. be 2004. Yeah, I went to um, PP, I went to Phuket, I went to Samui, I went to Chiang Mai, I did Bangkok, you know, the whole Thai experience. So. And for an American... Yeah. To leave America. Yeah. And Terrifying. Travel. We think the rest of the world is still like living in huts and, you know, we don't know what to expect. 
And this, this is your first international travel at yeah. this point. I had never gone anywhere. I left my, I'd left the state once. I was like, I was one of those people who was like, California is everything. I don't need to go anywhere else. I'm just going to go stay here, build a career, build a business. Why would I want to go? It's California. We have everything. And I was this arrogant kind of stupid person. And then my girlfriend was like, let's travel. I'm like, well, if we're going to travel, I'll go as far from home as possible. I don't want to go to Hawaii. I don't want to go to France. I don't want to go to, let's go somewhere that's adventure. And I knew some people had been to Thailand. Like, dude, go to Thailand. So, yeah. Were you working at the time? Yeah. What were you doing? Um, IT work. Okay. Yeah, technology. And is that what you studied and what you wanted to be as a, as a young boy? Yep. No, I actually wanted to be a doctor. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I was in pre-med. And then I got really annoyed with the memorization of the tissue slides, you know, in pre-med. And I was just like, I'm sorry. Oh, you You know what I mean, right? You know, yeah, 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 yeah. You remember those <laughs> tissue slides? Well, okay, so, all right, so. What are you talking about? I was super excited my whole life. From the time I was like, I don't know, six years old, I was like, I'm going to be a surgeon. I'm going to be a surgeon. I'm going to be a neurosurgeon. And everyone's like, never met a kid who kept their dream the whole time. Got to college, started, started the pre-med program. Was pretty excited about it, loving it. And then I got into like my first uh, human anatomy and physiology course. And it was like, okay, so all we're going to do for the next six weeks is just study. We're going to do anatomy eventually. We're going to do a cadaver. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm excited. But in the meantime, we're just going to study slide after slide after slide of different types of tissue. And I was like, and I'm not the stupidest person in the world, but memorization of, rote memorization is incredibly dull. And I was like, if this is what half of being a doctor is, I don't want to do this. So I quit. (laughs) I'm going to go do uh, something else. And you didn't know what you wanted to do, but that's something else. No, was, I, didn't I was like, clue. maybe, maybe law. I tried law for a tiny bit. Didn't like that either. Hold on, hold on. you yeah. must be super smart. Now no, the reason, no, no don't say you're not. <laughs> Ambitious, okay. not smart. And then, I, but I was always really good at computers. Like naturally, it was just like. Came but doesn't, to me. it's not going to help you as a surgeon, though, is it? Really? Right. So, well, I kept on doing this, and I was like, you know what? Everyone's like, you dude, you're really good at computers. You fix everyone's computers. It pays really well. You could like make a lot of money in it. Why don't you do that? I was like, all right. And I liked those classes. I'm like, okay, I dig this. So I went into IT. So after technology. you did a bit of pre-med. Yeah. A little bit of law. Pre-law or whatever. Or law. Did, you do, did you actually do summer law? Or a few courses, yeah. And I was like, again, it was just like, man, there's a lot of memorization. This yeah. memorization stuff just, like, if I want to learn something, I want to learn how it works. I don't want to sit there and just memorize, you know. just For that one time that I might actually need exactly, to recall that one exactly, case. Or that, exactly. Yeah. Like if something is practical knowledge and something like, not say mechanical, but something that's like, you learn and you apply knowledge, great. But just memorization is not my you got, strength. Um, brothers, sisters? Six. Six younger siblings. Wow, okay. All younger. Yep, all younger. Okay. So you're the younger siblings. Yeah. Wow, your parents were um, busy. And they homeschooled us all. Really? I was homeschooled all the way. Yeah, I graduated high school at 15. All, my sister did too. So we were homeschooled all the time from us, from us kindergarten to graduation. Oh, wow. Yeah. What was that like? Well, I went to to university, and then, but like, uh, yeah, I mean, it was awesome actually. It was fun. Um, There's a point when I was when I was graduated, I was 16 years old, and I was out of high school, and all my friends were still in high school. And then I was like, well, I didn't get to do prom. That's two years before you would normally finish high school. Yeah. So I started like junior year college and stuff at that point too, because I was getting that pre med program. Like, let's go. But yeah, you had so you didn't go to the prom. I'm not. Yeah, I missed prom. All stuff. So at one point, you're handsome. You could have been prom king. (laughs) I wasn't. I was a dork. Still, I'm a dork. (laughs) (laughs) What's the the gap between uh, yourself and your youngest? Uh, About every two. Oh, youngest. She is. It's every two or three years. She's. Gotta do the math. She just had her birthday the other day. I'm gonna screw this up. She's gonna make you forgot my birthday. 16 years, I remember. So I was 16 when she was born. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. So IT. Yeah. Decided to go into IT, yeah. and then did IT for a bit, yeah. and then you just went. Do you know what? 
going on holiday. Yep. Let's go to Thailand. Yep. In Thailand. And then I said, wow. I met, and then I, well, the thing was, I tried to get time off of work. To, this is the big thing. Like, this is my anti-American spill. I'm just going to go. It's what changed my life. I was like, I don't want to travel. But, but if I'm going to travel, I want to go for long enough to really experience it. I don't want to just jump in and jump out. It's so like, I was like, I wanted to go a month. But I looked it up and I had only had two weeks of vacation saved up. And they said I could take a week of vacation in, a re- uh, in advance. So, all right, cool. I went to HR. I said, here's my where I want to go. I want to get three weeks off. And they said, you can't even take the, take the full two weeks off. No one takes the full two weeks off. Where are you going? Why would you want full two weeks off? I'm like, they can only take a week at a time. I was like, well, this is ridiculous. So I ended up fighting HR in this huge battle. Got three weeks off. Came to Thailand. I was like, and then I came here. And then everyone from rest, re- the rest of the world. And it opened my eyes that like, you know, Americans, we think we have it so well, which we do. We're spoiled, but we don't have that great medical or holidays. So it was like, I met this European who was like, oh, yeah, I have, I have a year off of sabbatical. And he was like, a, he was a biochemist. He's like, oh, yeah, I, I booked up time and they gave me a, a year off. My jaw's protected. I met all these Europeans. They were on gap years or they were like, oh, I've got a, I've got a week off or I've got a month off to go travel. I'm like, how did, <laughs> you know, so. And I had like almost lost my job over just asking for three weeks off that I was guaranteed. So I was like, okay, that's it. I'm going to move abroad. <laughs> so I no, love so, you. So after you, you, you did your little tour of Thailand, yeah. then you went back. And you yeah. went, do you know what? That's it. My I'm eyes done. have been opened. Done. But what did you think you were going to do? Or you didn't care? I, I met a lot of teachers who were just traveling. I'm like, okay, I'll teach. I don't care. I just don't, I don't even care. Anything sounds fun. You know, I just want to do something that gives me the ability to go. And it was Phuket or Thailand you wanted to come to? I wanted to come to Thailand, yeah. Um, I didn't end up going to Thailand, though. I ended up going to Taiwan. <laughs> because okay, starts with tea. Yeah. <laughs> so my friend said, hey, you know, because after I was planning the trip, I realized Thailand was a little bit, I had to get a TEFL. I didn't have a TEFL yet. So I was like, well, Taiwan didn't require it. So I was like, you know, Taiwan's pretty close, you know, American, <laughs> geog- American geography. <laughs> and it paid really well. And my friends said they were coming to Thailand all the time. So I was like, let me, let me try that. Taiwan sounds like an interesting journey. I'll do that. So I spent two years in Taiwan. Realized, I did come to Thailand all the time. Came to Thailand, Phuket, Chiang Mai. Like constantly, every time we had a holiday, it was like flyover, you know. Every and weekend. did you just right? fall in love with Thailand then? Or? Oh, 100 percent. I, I, the first time I came, I was just like, I felt like I used to joke. I was like, I feel like I'm Thai. I love it so much. So, yeah. <laughs> and at that time, because we're gonna get onto the, yeah. the beer side of yeah, things. Yeah. So at, at that time, were you were you, were you drinking at that time? <laughs> well, not about that, but were you yeah. into beer at that time? Um, actually, I hate beer. <laughs> so true, true story. True story. This is like my. I always say this any kind of time people ask me about my business. I go. I'm in mean, craft beer. Like, oh, you must really love beer. I'm like, actually, I really don't like beer. I don't like macro lagers. And so when I was, Sorry, you don't I don't like, like macro, like big, big beer, like lagers. Just like your typical beer. You know, the typical Heineken, Chang, Singa, blah, blah, blah. These beers, I hated them. When I was growing up, I really liked whiskey a lot and I liked wine because I'm from wine country. So it was awesome. And I really like, when I was a kid, I liked sodas, various teas, and I like a lot of flavor. I like things that actually have character. And I remember the first time someone had me a real uh, a beer, like a Paps Blue Ribbon or a Bud, I was like, oh, it's terrible, but I'll drink it to drink with my friends. So for many, many years, I hated beer. And then someone had me a craft beer, and I hated it more. But after I drank it, I was like, that was interesting. And it got me like exploring the world of craft beer, and I said, okay, I got really into that. When so, was the, the first time that, that you had the craft beer? I was 21. Okay. Someone had me one from Minnesota Brewing Company. Which we just, are you yeah. saying that for illegal reasons? Yeah. No, no, I really was. I was actually a late bloomer. I didn't really drink or do anything until I was legal. So. Oh, really? You yeah. didn't live. I know. But I seem catch up for home. now. At 42, I'm doubling down. Being English, the first time I got drunk was 16 on cider yeah. in the park. <laughs> oh, that's a hard hangover, too. Oh. Cider, man. A lot of sugar. <laughs> I love cider, but yeah. <laughs> so you're in Taiwan. You're teaching yeah. English. Coming over to Thailand, Thailand. Yep. And, and when was the thing? Do you know what? I want to move to Thailand. 
every day. <laughs> I was like, how do I make it work? How do I make it work? So what and made then, it work? Well, it de- I didn't. We actually, my ex wanted to move home to America. She was like, I don't want to live in Asia anymore after two years. And I was like, I love living here. I love Taiwan. She wanted to move home. So, so we were like, we said one last trip to Thailand and let's go back to America. And we're sitting in PP, and it was right when Lehman Brothers fell. I remember I was looking on the beach and no one was on the beach. And I walked in to watch people like, like, oh my God, I lost my fortune. And the housing market's collapsing. And I'm like, we're about to go back to the U.S. and do a, a, a system that's completely broken. No jobs. So we actually had to move home. We lived, lived back in America for five years before we finally moved abroad again. And that's when we moved to Phuket. Okay. So, so what, yeah. just a bit, what did you do? So in that, moving back in IT that again. cluster. Okay, well, first right. it took me almost six months to get a job because yeah. the economy was yeah. destroyed. And it was pretty depressing. And then after about about six, three or six months, I got a job. And then you got pretty comfortable working and having fun at home again. But it was never the same. I always tell people, I was like, once you've lived abroad, it's just like everybody's still stuck in their rat race of like you know, eight to five. They do the same thing. No adventures, nothing. You know, it's kind of boring. We, tr- we, tried, we tried to so, have a... Yeah. So my life now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but look, you still get to come hang out. It's beautiful weather. And I don't know. I miss... I miss... I always was like, I just want to get... I used to have a map. I worked at Amy's Kitchen, which does frozen organic vegetarian meals. And I used to have a big giant map above my monitor of Thailand. And I would just stare at it every day and be like... And I'd be like, oh, you're never going to go back. I'm like, yeah, I'm going, going. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going. And I'm going to live in Thailand. I don't care what it takes. So on so. that second stint back in the States, yeah. as it were, that was five years you said you were back yeah, there. Yeah, um, I'm sure you were longing to come back pretty much every day. Yeah. Was it just you or together were you both wanting to come back? Uh, well, it's funny because my ex, when, we, uh, she, when she wanted to move move back, she really wanted to move back. And once we were back, she like, oh, yeah, I, I mean, we were kind of back in Asia. I'm like, I knew it. <laughs> so, you know. Excellent. But then we had good jobs. We were doing pretty well, you know, and stuff. And we, you know, had our so, daughter. And then, so. What was the trigger point to come back again? Actually, it was about when, 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 we, when, we, got, when we got pregnant. Okay. Because I realized I didn't want to raise my daughter in America. Right. So I was looking around and looking at how much I was working and how much she was working. And we, yeah, we, we were making good money. It was fun. But it was like, we still couldn't afford a nice house. And I was like, you know, this sucks. We're gonna, I'm going to be working, you know, 40 plus hours a week minimum. I'm going to get no vacation. I'm going to barely see my daughter. I don't want to raise her here. And also, it was like so dangerous, like in some of those areas. So I was like, you know, I just want to take her back. I want to, I want to raise her in Asia. I want to give her a different experience than my experience growing up. I want to start from a young age. So we left the United States before she was two okay. because before two, they fly for free. And so she yeah. visited 15 countries, I think, in the first year. We did a bunch of countries and stopped in Thailand. Excellent. <laughs> it was fun, man. Yeah. <laughs> when you decided to come back to Thailand and then to move here, did you have any idea of what you wanted to do work-wise? Um, well, yeah. Well, I got really fortunate when I went to quit my IT job. They offered me a part-time digital nomad, basically telecommuting job. So it was just hours as I wanted to earn them and basically up to 20 hours a week and then do it on my leisure. And was the beer, craft beer thing still, where, how's so, this going on? <laughs> so, yeah. So I got really into that back home. I started brewing, started doing all this stuff. And, and this like, is when you went after Taiwan? You went back, back to America, yeah. yeah. So I started brewing because Santa Rosa, California is like the microbrew capital of the world, if you yeah. call it. So it's pretty... Pretty amazing area for craft beer. Um, Just but, a small segue. Yeah, I had the most amazing, intense hangover in Santa Rosa. <laughs> well, ten percent beer, twelve percent beers. You know, adds Gosh. up. Plus all the good wine and the mix. Right? Yeah. So mix this beer with this beer. Oh, fucking hell! Brilliant. And legal marijuana, which helps. We're <laughs> <laughs> not allowed to mention that, are we? Yeah, yeah, it's legal here now, right? Four twenty, baby. Hey. <laughs> so you um, started crafting, and I've never. I'm not into beer at yeah. all. I'm one of those guys. Yeah. I lo- a lager's fine for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't drink it because I love it. I drink it because it's, it's right. refreshing sometimes yeah, after sure. Not a big alcohol drinker of, of any spirits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like but with the craft beer, 
what's the process you're going to go through? Because obviously it's a yeah. long process of finding the right hobs, the yeah. bar, whatever. Well, I think one of the coolest things that happened with craft beer is that when craft beer became a thing, like when Sierra Nevada and all these brands started coming out with beer, this new hop varieties that weren't really used in German beers or English beers or Belgian beers were being grown. And so they started finding all these different flavors. And the opposite, like a lot of German beers, they don't want that kind of like extreme, like, you know, citrus flavor, for example, started becoming interesting because like some of the microbreweries were like, well, I want to play with that. And they were cheaper hops and they were able to get them. And so it was really like this like crazy, like, amount of different hops coming out and different like uh now there's different yeast coming out but yeah it takes a like basically there's so many flavor profiles now to beer i mean i've had beer that tastes like chocolate i've had beer that tastes like you know sour cherries i've had beer that tastes like strawberry milkshake i mean there's there's a ton of different beers out there now that are just really interesting combinations of when you first died the only i remember growing up as a kid you used to buy my i think me and my brother bought my dad a beer making kit did you start that small Yes, so my my ex actually for my but a couple of years before we left the states, she knew I was really thinking about you know starting my own business someday. I always wanted to start my own business. Like always, when I worked in IT, I was like I was always trying to think of a way to do something on my own. Um, and part of that thing about getting through vacation, I was like I want to start a company that does better things than that <laughs> and allows me to have time to do what I want to do. Um, but yeah, I started. She bought me like a home kit, but it was like quite nice with a glass carboy and like it was all the it was Russian River brewing kit so okay. it's actually how to make really high-end craft beer yeah so i did that for a couple of years and then um when we went we to thailand i said okay i'm doing this digital nomad thing for a bit which is great give us an opportunity to like not stress when we first got here but what do i want to do long term you know sorry when you first yeah. come did you come to phuket or so we dropped into we want new one to live on an island and our goal is to live on some remote island with like a little bungalow shack bungalow with just internet connection <laughs> but then when our daughter, she was two years old, we had a, she had a seizure on our way here in Taiwan. We were visiting. She had a seizure. And I realized, okay, we have this little girl. We can't live in the middle of nowhere. It's yeah. probably smart to have resources. So we stopped in Hua Hin for a little bit. Didn't really care for it. I said, well, you know what? Phuket, I love the ocean over there. I wanted to get into diving and sailing. And it has a lot of resources. So let's go to Phuket. Yeah. So. I'm just trying to work out when we yeah. first met. Yeah. And I just don't know. Yeah. I can't remember. Probably uh, one of the festivals or the arena or whatever, or the dock, what is that area? Well, like the Burger... Might have been the Burger, burger Festival. Fest, might have been one of those, yeah. One of those. Maybe it was before that. I can't remember. Yeah. Like, I, just I was can't... going around quite a few places at that point, trying to sell beer at that point, I think. Yeah, Maybe we met even. through... We went to a beer tasting, I think, in the yeah, yeah. one night. I think that's yeah, where we yeah. first met, right? At, um, Outrigger, I think. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that was it. That. I think that was it. No, no, it was that... No, it was that... Is it Bampot? It was the yes, Jamie yeah, did the, the one, yeah, yeah. In, the, in the dish shoots and yeah, yeah. and your ex and Shepard in the dish yeah, shoots. I was like, oh, you guys know dish shoots. Yes, and, uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, that was cool. Yes, yes. that was very I have cool. No idea. Uh, you might have been, been there too, actually. That might have been the shoots brewery. Some I, I don't yeah. think I would have gone yeah. to a beer. I, I'm not a, right. like I said. It, it well, it was also be... it, was, it was Beats and it was uh, one of Jamie Wakeford's. Yeah, I never went to Bamford much. Yeah, no, I don't know why. Just cool enough. Well, I was around a lot back then, kind of grand. Sorry. <laughs> that, was, that, that, that might have been missed by the listener. Because I'm not cool enough. Just, just a little subtle drop that. in there, yeah. There's a line deleted here. <laughs> right. You'll be listening to this band of So you're in Phuket. Yeah. You're bored of your IT stuff. Yeah. So I was like, I want to start a business. And also, the visa thing is, we're going to start cracking out visas. So I was like, well, we just arrived. I don't have like a proper work permit. And I'm just having fun here. And I was brewing. We rented a big house over here that had like an outdoor kitchen. So I started brewing like all the time. I hooked up my own brewing kit. I was brewing 
illegally. <laughs> I just think, remember, I think yeah. that you gave me a beer to try a beer once at an event. I'm sure it was at Outrigger or one of the Laguna yeah. charity events and you might have been doing your beer then and you gave me a yeah. beer to try because yeah. I said to you I didn't like beer yeah. and you said try this one and you'll probably like I'm it. I'm pretty sure yeah. that was the Outrigger event that we had to. Yeah. Yeah. There was a anyway, food there was a, I think that's pretty good. The Mediterranean food one? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. the kitty. It might have been it. There was, I did All a bunch I know, of you gave me beer. some, it was quite a citrusy beer or something. Yeah, yeah. You Fresh squeezed, maybe? Oh, I don't right. know. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Can't remember yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's when it was. Right, so go on. So you was yeah. at home brewing yeah. illegally in a, in a <laughs> house somewhere. Yeah, so at outdoor kitchen, I was brewing all the time. I was trying to get hops out and malts, and I would get them well, from. That, uh, it must be because alcohol. To do anything alcohol-wise in, in Thailand is difficult. Yeah, so where are you getting cool. these stuff So from? actually, the first time I had to order the ingredients from Singapore and shipped <laughs> over. So I ordered like a couple bags of grain and then a couple bags of hops. There was one importer in Bangkok who was getting some materials. And so, but then I didn't have the equipment either. So I had to like, my buddy is a, a boat engineer. So him going around going to the stainless shops. We ended up making my own false bottom ton. We made our own, <laughs> false, our own kettle. I still have it. It's in, in, in uh, Vietnam. But yeah, so we started, I started, oh, I need this, I need this. And, we cobbled it together and I tried to find like silicon hosing and put it all together and made a decent first batch of beer actually. I was kind of surprised, but it came out okay. <laughs> and what was the plan to, to just well, brew beer? So the, the Visa thing, it kind of coalesced into one giant kind of cluster where it was like, I, was, I want to make this beer, can't make beer here legally, but okay, what other business can I do? Can I do an IT company or something? But I really want to do beer. And I was like, well, maybe I'll import, import beer. So I started asking some people I knew, say, hey, can we do import? And I was like, I also need a work permit, so I should start a business so I should get this thing going. Um, and I met uh, my old business partner, David Ghani, who you know as well, mm-hmm. and who did Brand Connect. And he was, hey, we're about to bring craft beer. Um, he's like, why don't we talk? He's like, you're really passionate about this. I'm like, well, I don't have any experience in this arena. But he's like, yeah, but you love it. You talk about it way too much, Chad. You're annoying about it. So why don't you just, <laughs> I had given him some of my homebrew. And he's like, this is pretty good. He's like, why don't you, why don't we work together and figure this out? So that was the beginning. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, he's like, we'll probably get you a work permit through the company. So, and, and Visa, so. So that was that was the start, and then the next big piece was that I was going to import the beer, but then we found out there was a company just started a couple of years before called Beervana, and, and then I met those guys, and they were uh, we were going to buy we bought their beer from Bangkok, and we brought them to get. I remember so, Beervana, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where things got serious because then I joined Beervana, and long story, but it was uh, it's a long history there. <laughs> Still going. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, we'll get there. But yeah, Beervana is kind of like where that's where things like oh, I'm working in beer now. And then I stopped having time to make my own beer, which is fine. Basically, my job was, so at that point, I was like, okay, hey, you're really passionate about beer. See if you can build up Puget. If you can make Puget successful, why don't we go from there? Um, and I got in as like a, uh, I joined Beervana. I left Grand Connect, joined with Beervana. Um, and then basically what we said is like, why don't you build up the regional, once Puget was going. So we got that going. It's quite fun. I remember my first craft beer sold was Pugetique here in Puget Town. <laughs> my good friend Yui. She had like a, I remember she had one little fridge, like two beers. I was like, why don't we have more beer? And then we became good friends. And, At that yeah. time, was craft beer, because obviously in the UK, it's a big thing. Yeah. Um, and obviously in the States, yeah. it, it was a big thing. But what was it like here for craft beer? Nothing really. Nothing. Yes, yeah, very, very. I mean, there was nothing. Beervana brought in the first IPA two years before that, and it was just Bangkok and not many. Because now you can go into a Seven Eleven, and they yeah. do have a load of beers. Yeah, from, it's crazy. Uh, you know, there's raspberry beer, there's low yeah. alcohol beers, yeah. there's beers of this, beers of this flavor. Yeah. There's one with a wolf on it. I don't know what yeah, that yeah, one yeah. is. <laughs> God knows. Yeah, yeah. But that has just recently come yeah. in. 
Yeah, a lot of the big brands have seen the trend and are like trying to catch on to it. So. And the other thing I've heard about difficulty with brewing beer here, because I spoke to the Full Moon Brewery yeah, yeah, guys, yeah. who are really, Brilliant, really right? cool guys, yeah, really, really cool guys. Yeah. And I was asking them about, you know, could you design and do beer as a marketing strategy yeah. for big companies? Yeah. So you could design and, grow, and, yeah. and, you know, and make your own beer. They actually came back and said the problem with craft beer in Thailand yeah. is the fact there's two very big yeah. beer, beer companies. I'm not going to be disrespectful, but they are in control. Yeah, absolutely. So it makes it very difficult for microbreweries to yeah. even do anything. So there's yeah, so there's a way you can do it, but it requires I forget the amount, how many millions of USD it paid up capital to even get it going, and if you get and then you still have to maybe get approved. So it's very difficult. Um, so especially back then it was impossible. We were told it was impossible, which is disappointing to me because I still was like the whole time, like I want to make my own beer and have my own beer company because I'm really passionate about the art of it. I really like, I like, I like cooking, but I like making beer is even more interesting. I think fermentation is the most exciting science like in the world. I love fermentation. So I'm really into fermentation. Just before yeah. you dive into yeah. that, yeah. in terms of your time here with Rankinette Beer Vine, yeah. the, I mean, the obvious the problem with import beer here is obviously the, the, the importation yeah, tax and the cost so of doing. Right. Have you seen a change in that? Because obviously, as you mentioned, we've got two big companies, yeah. got three big companies here yeah. that control and dominate the market yeah. that don't want these other ones to come in because we want the market for yeah. ourselves and what have you. Have you seen a either a change in what's able to come in and the the ability, the ease of it? Yeah. And B, what about the local companies here? Are they doing anything to maybe change and become more? crafty themselves for want of a better yeah. term so, so first off no it's always getting more difficult and yeah. always getting more expensive yeah I guess they, they, the, the goal is always to keep out anyone else which is fine which if they allowed more local stuff would be great but mm-hmm. they don't allow either so it's kind of that's definitely like a control thing um, so yeah always difficult always more expensive but you know it's gotten to the point now where I mean you know Thailand is we have three countries Birvana we're in Thailand Indonesia and Vietnam okay. and Thailand is still like massively our biggest market by far i mean the demand here for craft beer is so big they're willing to pay any price so i mean not any price but quite high i mean I, it's but it's a very high price 30 dollar bottles of beer in bangkok you know is that demand from thais thais so when we started here our goal was always you know you can always build a business that fills a niche right like you're like hey there's a niche export expat market and it's going to tap out you know you're going to cap out at some point <laughs> our goal is like if the locals don't want it then what are we doing here so our goal is always to do our branding in Thai, do like our focus in Thai. I think when we started, it was 80-20, 80% foreigners and then 20% Thais. It's completely flipped. If not anything else, like 90% Thais and 10% wow. foreigners. After COVID, we were worried because like, okay, most of the foreigners left, there's no tourists. Our sales are back up to where they were before. So Who are you working for now? Because um, so, you keep saying we. Yeah, so Birvana. So, okay, so it's still Birvana. Yeah, okay. So we're, I'm a part of Birvana. Um, we've been... I've, we've been together for seven years now. Oh, congratulations. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so, yeah, still with Birvana. Um, I'm running the Birvana in Vietnam. So I'm, there, I'm the CEO of Birvana Vietnam. So that's my Drop job. that CEO bit in. Yeah, 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 yeah I, I, I want to drop that a little. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's it's out, general manager, for, for lack of a better term. But yes, no, it's uh, officially in charge of... Uh, and um, let's go back to the fermentation. Yeah. What is it about fermentation that you, you like? Um, is it because you, when you was in prison, you realized that that's the best way to get alcohol <laughs> through the yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. No, I, I think it's a, when I first started brewing beer, I was really interested in hops. Hops were interesting. I thought those were really interesting things. Then I got really into like, you know, the water profiles and the malts. And then the, the yeast is really the most exciting and interesting thing, if you think about it. And then I started really getting into like 
not just beer, but like, okay, kombuchas and like other fermented, like pickling and all these different things that how fermentation works. And I've read a lot of books and I got more and more and more into it because it's kind of an imperfect science. Even if like you understand it really well, people, fermentation has been done forever all around the world. Um, but because of the rise of industrialized food, fermentation kind of went, you know, kind of went away a little bit in the United States and elsewhere in the Western world, but Eastern world used tons of fermentation. So I think it was like, that was the part that was so cool to me. It's like, it's like an art form where it's like, or a cook is like a chef, but instead of, you lose total control at one point. Once you put it in that fermentation chamber, well, you, you keep control, but it's still doing its thing. You know, they, they, it's kind of like the God, they used to call it the God miracle. Like in England, it was like, oh, I thought it was just like way back in the day, what beer was, was water, hops, and malt. And then when they realized what, they didn't know what yeast was, when yeast, they said, oh, God just turned it to alcohol or something happens, you know? And now when we understand how that works, it's really fascinating. I think it's God a little... did it. Thanks, God. You're amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, I do a lot of pickling, and I love mm. pickling. I love yeah. that because it's so cool. Where I grew up, my mum and my grandparents were always storing food down yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, that's the way to store yeah. food. That's how I did it. So I kind of like doing that yeah. myself. So and like cool. you said, though, you can do it all, and you can get it all sorted, and you put it in the fridge. Yeah. You never know 100%. Like, there it goes. <laughs> oh, what was that? that one's a bit more spicier than yeah. that one. Oh, that, you know. Trial and error, trial and error. And I also do the... Uh, I've been doing a lot of um, curing meats. No, oh, yeah. That's to fermentation, cure meats, yeah. And that's fermentation. And yeah. that... Oh, oh, I want to do that so bad. That's my next, put, my next put big the, thing. Oh, the issue I found, I, was, I started off just with ducks. It was the easiest oh, thing yeah, to do yeah. was just do duck. So you get it already, you do it all, you prepare it all, yeah. and you have to wait two weeks, and you go and try it, and that's two weeks of your life wasted, because exactly. you get it out, and it's like, shit, it's not yeah, wasted two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> that's part of the miracle, that's part of I love it, though. And you're so, so ex- cool. Yeah, you're yeah. excited for two weeks. Yeah, and you're like, did I do it right, did it right, and then, And then oh, you man, have to adjust it again, yeah. slightly, then you have to wait another two weeks. Yep. You know, it's not like just doing a quick why, recipe. Why don't you run exactly. 14 batches every day? Oh, no, no, Because you're wasting a lot of money and time and energy. (laughs) I mean, 14 different ways. By the time you get to the first two weeks, I don't know a shit, but then one the next day might be a bit better. I've done that. So I've done that with, I mean, probably done with pickling too. Sometimes you'll just take a few different ones, jump all at once, add a couple different spices and see. But I mean, it's time and energy and cost, you know, too. So beer, when you're doing, you know, small batch, 20 liters, big batches or medium size, 100 liters up to, I'm doing 2,000 liters at a time now. It's bigger thing and, and if you mess it up you've wasted then a lot a lot yeah, exactly. whereas I do one you know one pickle jar which yeah. is generally what I do you know and yeah, I haven't yeah. wasted so much yeah. it's like, okay yeah. I've lost you know a, a couple of hundred baht because that's all exactly. it is over here. it's cheap as chips yeah. really to do that kind of stuff yeah the, the, the meat's slightly different because even the, you know a duck breast is a hundred baht straight away then you've got you know the process and getting yeah. the, I mean I was just didn't know which salts and yeah, exactly. salts and some salts are too salty and it sounds really silly and if you read all the books and you're like hey this is exactly how I do it there's, there's still this like Slight chaos. Oh, I've followed there, recipes you know. and to the absolute, yeah. you know, that is exactly the yeah. recipe and it works and you come out and that's horrible. Yeah. Or sometimes work. you get the one where like when I'm pickling and stuff, sometimes I'll get like one that somehow something on there in the mold and you're like, no, like, but you're like <laughs> it was going to be so good. I know it was. Like, oh. also, I remember the first time I tried to do bacon, I got a load of uh, Ooh, pork nice. belly and I threw it in, I put the salt in and the yeah. next morning I woke up and there's this like juice at the bottom of the thing Ooh. I was thinking that is and it just put me off yeah. but actually one more you part do it's like, part of it yeah. and that's what that's what it's actually doing it's yeah. pouring out that juice and to me it was like that's disgusting because yeah. you see that and you think it's horrible but yeah. actually that's exactly what you want yeah. to get that out of it and it's so cool because like I mean like you know fermentation is basically, it's basically I, read, I read this book and I'm probably going to mur- butcher this but it's basically like a cold a cold cooking like a cold boil the word actually means a like cold boil so it's like there's hot cooking where you cook the food to make sure it's ready but then that food doesn't last very long when you ferment, it can last a long time. You know, beer can last forever, you know, because um, it's got alcohol in it. And you can drink it a thousand years from now. You know, cured meats last quite a long time. I can't, you know, it depends on, because it's like, 
it's the type of cooking that actually preserves it even better. I mean, I've got so gherkins cool. in my in my fridge. Oh, yeah. I've been there for months. Yeah, yeah. For months and months and months. <laughs> yeah, Every yeah. now and again, I just go and grab. But I've even got olives. I, I olive oil, oh, nice. and then nice. I put feta cheese in it. That's been in there for months and months and oh, months. And every nice. now and again, oh, I remember that. And you go and grab it. And you can eat it. And it's lovely. Yeah, that's awesome. Anyway, yeah. back to back to you. Oh, that's cool, man. So yeah. Phuket was going well, and then Phuket was going well, and I was down here for so about five years. My daughter was getting a bit older, and it was time to put her in a real school. Plus, the business was going quite well. I had a good team down here, and I was going up to Bangkok a lot to work with our bigger team. And I, I also, oh, sorry, before that though, my job was to build out uh, Chiang Mai and Isan as well as other of our regions. So <laughs> people asked, "What do you do?" I was like, "I travel. I drink craft beer. I get to travel all around the regions of Thailand. I meet all these backpackers and tourists. I'm like, wait, what's your job?" I'm like, "Yeah, this is my job." They're like, I hate you. I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm jealous of myself. I don't know how I landed this. You know, it was awesome. But then it was like, okay, it's time to move. I think I had enough island life. I'd done all the sailing and diving I could. And I was also I was working so much at this point that I had no time to go sailing or diving. So I was like, okay, maybe it's time to live somewhere a little bit more convenient, better, you know, bigger city or schools, that kind of stuff. So. And where was the choice? Bangkok. So we did, we did two years in Bangkok. So five years in Phuket and then two years in Bangkok. How did you find the move to Bangkok? Loved it. Yeah, it was, I think I had different pace of life. Different pace of life. I think I was ready for it. Like we were, we were so busy at the time that it just made more sense. It was more convenient. And then, like I didn't. I remember there's one point I didn't go to the beach here in like, like two or three months. I was like, why am I living in Phuket if I'm not going to the beach? You know? so I've had that conversation with so many people, particularly yeah. lately. It's like, how when, Oh, there you go. When did you last go to the beach? Uh, well, about, okay, you go with your kids quite a lot. About two, two hours ago, I was just yeah. on the beach. Yeah. But I, got, I mean, look, with, okay, with, with my job, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of my clients, I go out pretty much every week yeah, yeah, on yeah, a yeah. boat. But do you know what? It's got to... I, when I first when got did you guys go to the beach for yourself? Just go and hang out, read a book and chill out on the beach? Me, read a book. <laughs> Sorry, take a colouring in book. Um, we honestly, I, you know I'm I mean? the wrong person to ask because I go to the beach every weekend. No, I really do because we kids. go, yeah, with the kids, we go snorkeling, okay, we're out in the boats. We so I tried to, but I got so busy. It was like, we just got, yeah. it's just, I'm, I'm passionate about it, you yeah. know, and, and as you said, you know, yeah. I'm not here just for the beach, but I'm a, I've got my two kids, exactly. we, I want them to go out and do stuff anyway. Yeah, yeah. So we're either out in the beach, we're at the forest, or we're out on a boat. Right, right. That's, that was, I love that. And I was, when I was working so much, I was like, man, there was that many time. I was like, well, you know, it makes more sense to be somewhere more. But for your job of selling craft beer, Bangkok, because I'm much bigger, and also at that time, much bigger, yeah. Bangkok was becoming, because I remember when Jamie moved up to Bangkok from Bangkok. Mm-hmm. About um, the same time, actually. It was, yeah, yeah, because he went up there because the, the mm-hmm. scene was really kicking off. There yeah, was a was lot big, of restaurants opening up. Growing, the, man, the food trucks were starting to come yeah. and everything. So it, it and Nirvana, we just turned profitable. So we were like booming. It was and great. It must have made sense. Okay, we had tons to go of work. I got to be up there with the team more, the bigger side of the team. And then I was still traveling to the regions. I was still come down here. But like, I need to be more central. Especially because like going from Phuket to Isan, Phuket, Chiang Mai, Phuket, Bangkok, all the time. I was like, Bangkok's easier. More flights, you know, more convenient, you know. So when did the old Vietnam thing then happen? So, my ex, <laughs> she's like, if we're going to move to Bangkok, uh, move to Bangkok, she, after that, I just don't want to move anywhere else again, like, especially not for work. So we're going to move there. Let's not move again for a while. We literally landed in Bangkok the first three months. And I think it was the first big meeting we had as a whole team. Our founder came in from Indonesia where he was stationed. And he's like, okay, here's the next five-year plan. We're going to do Philippines, Vietnam, uh, Singapore, with big plans. We're just about to go for fundraising, and we need someone to handle the business development. Who here has done the most of the company, like doing the regional development? Chad, do you want to go to Vietnam? And I was like, oh, uh, my wife's going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, yes, that sounds super fun. You know, like, I want to go, I want to do this again and build it up in another country. Why not? Had you but ever been to Vietnam? I had once on my, uh, like, right before we came back from our first stint in Taiwan. We did a little loop, okay. and I hated Vietnam, despised it. Oh, I was really? like, I'll never go back there. 
So why the turnaround? <laughs> huh? Why the turnaround? Just from the idea of well, starting something up. When I first up? went there to go there, I was there. I was flying back and forth doing all of the, you know, the due diligence, all the, the market surveys, all that stuff, getting the, the compliance packages set up for our company. And I kind of started liking it. I was like, you know, this is kind of cool over here. It's different because yeah. um, I love Thailand. Still, Thailand is my, my heart is here. And I don't say that. Like, I mean, I really, really love Thailand. Kind of, it's like my favorite food in the world, like culture, the beaches, the jungles. It's got everything, you know? But going to Vietnam, the one thing in Thailand that I had a hard time with sometimes is like the drive. If, you know, if people, it's what I love about being here as a tourist when you're chill. So by Sabai, so I But trying to get people to like to go, shit done. Done, like yeah. industrial is a little bit harder, yeah. which mad props, you know. But I was like, I want to run business, I want to go fast. And so Vietnam, they're very driven. Like, okay. you, you know, you ask someone, to, I mean, they, they're very much like they want, they want to build the country fast. So it was amazing how fast things happened there. Like, so easily. And I was like, how to dig this like we're at that point in my life you know like, this is what i want you know and, and how did the conversation go oh by the way you know that move to bangkok we might just hang a hard right this part <laughs> didn't go well okay we'll just bench said, that now we're not together so you know yeah, okay, yeah, okay, part okay. of that is vietnam i'm not gonna right, okay. we're pretty shit <laughs> yes yeah um, no, could have gone better to her. she put up with a lot for me so is there a or, or was there at that time or is there now a craft beer scene in vietnam so yeah, so that was the cool thing. So um, when we were getting things going here, in the meantime, Vietnam is very easy to brew. You can get a brewing license and go pretty pretty easy. So every started, there was a couple of companies starting up there right about about five years ago. Like Pasteur Street, East West, were starting these craft beer companies. Is yeah. it, sorry, is that because the, the, the Vietnamese government uh, are willing to, or they want it to go forward and they're trying to drive these they're sort pro, of businesses so in? They're so pro-business in Vietnam. I think there's kind of like, hey, what industry can we allow to open up? You know, let's, let's do it. You know, so there's a lot more. And also beer is, you know, Vietnam is the biggest beer consumer in all of Asia per capita. It's insane. They drink a lot of beer. Beer is their drink of choice, you know. So they're very pro-beer. They don't consider it, like, it's kind of like a food stuff almost. They don't really look at it like you can advertise it, you can push it. You can't, like, you can't push most alcohols still there. Like most Southeast Asian, Southeast Asian countries, you got to kind of be careful with alcohol license laws. But beer was like, go for it. Like beer is food. You know, they, when, I first, when I first started going there, I was like, what's the drinking age? Is that your age? tagline? What's the drinking age? Yeah, I mean, I was like, what's the drinking age? And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, what, what's the drinking age? For beer? Anybody can drink. Well, okay, kids? <laughs> like, okay. But there was no official drinking age. No way. And then there was no uh, drunk driving laws. They just put that in like two years ago. <laughs> the... Lager or, or yeah. beer goes really well with spicy food, obviously. Yeah, you know, so yeah. is the Vietnamese? I don't. I've never been to Vietnam. Yeah. I don't know oh, what Vietnamese food on, is. So I got, a, I got a three bedroom house. So feel free to come over and hang out. Let's go together. <laughs> two, two single guys. Yeah. I don't know what could go wrong. Oh, Vietnam's fun. <laughs> <laughs> we do a Jay the Shark, you know, show. Well, we've still got. To go. Actually, I need to talk to you about going on a boat trip. Oh, okay. Um, but is it, is it is it still for spicy food in Vietnam? No, it's, that's the thing is I do miss spicy food. I love spicy. Like I'm a, I'm a you know, when I order my Tham Tam, like Thai spicy, you know, five chilies, six chilies, like let's go. So no, I mean, you can get it. They give you the chilies on the side. You can put them in your sandwiches, like banh mi, but it's usually pretty more mellow flavors. A lot more, a lot healthier food. Like the food is a lot more herbal. Like every bowl is like you know, noodles, a little bit of meat and a lot of herbs and, and veggies. So it's a lot of what, sorry? Herbs, herbs and veggies. Herbs. Thank you. Herbs, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Are you, uh, are you crafting again now that you're in Vietnam? So that's the thing is like, so we got Birvana up and running, and then I my whole goal of moving there was actually to start my own business. Like Birvana, I'm a part of, but I really want to start something that's mine and something where I could create beer. So as soon as I got there, I bought a new brewing, brewing kit. I started brewing all the time. I started brewing with a couple of the bigger breweries, some of the craft breweries there, and we were distributing our imported stuff. 
but I was like, I'm going to start my own brewery. So I've been working on so many recipes over the years and so many beers that I was like ready to do it. And then um, finally, finally launched my own brand about a year and a half ago. What have you called this? Mixtape Drinks Company. Where did that Mixed come tape from? Drinks. I, mean, so, I can take a stab at it, but <laughs> when I was well, you know, I was like early late mid nineties kid. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, okay. like it was hard to. Some of my friends had CDs, but I still had tapes. And so, you know, one of the best things when a girl who likes you or you like a girl, you make a collection of music for them, a playlist. But mixtapes, you know, they were, they were so popular. Yeah. And I always loved them. And I thought the the idea of them is cool because it's like a collection of like, I don't know, a collection of like really awesome stuff that means something to you. And maybe like, and maybe it's eclectic, a bit weird, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to come together mm-hmm. and you're going to love everything that's on that tape. So I kind of like, I've always been a music guy and everything about music is amazing to me. So I said, well, whatever brand, whatever business I was going to get into is going to have a, some name that had something to do with music. And mixtape was like, that fits. You know, yeah, like a, a lot of the beer I'm going to make is going to be wildly eclectic. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of different things, but it's going to be like a love letter to my friends. It's a love letter to the people who drink my beer. Like, hey, try this. It's going to be something interesting, something different, but you'll probably like it overall. You know? That's a fantastic yeah. story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really like that. I've made a mixtape for girlfriends. Yeah. Some of them didn't go down very well. Yeah. <laughs> Bitches. Was <laughs> <laughs> it given back? Yeah. No, what? <laughs> Honestly, I spent hours pausing and stopping. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Pausing and stopping. Running back into the room just before the DJ cuts. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Getting yeah. some sellotape, scotch tape, putting <laughs> it over the top so yeah. I can use that one again. Yeah, exactly. Christ's <laughs> sake. You kids nowadays have no idea well, what was, went through. What's funny was back in the States, I was at the store and I was like, I was at Walmart of all places and they had a bunch of tape cassette decks for sale. And I was like, what? And I saw some of my friends putting cassette decks in their cars. I'm like, I think well, it's coming back. It's huge. Yeah. Because a lot of the, the indie, indie bands and stuff, yeah. they really want people to listen to their whole album. They want to listen to things. So like, you go to concerts now in the States, shows, they're selling tapes. Cassette, no and you can only way. get them at that. Yeah, it's, it's crazy popular. I, I think I've read something <laughs> that vinyl outsold CDs for the oh, first yeah. time recently as well. Yeah, I bet. Because people just want, do they yeah. don't want to go back to vinyl now. Yeah. And people don't even Vinyl's like CDs amazing. Anymore. Vinyl's go back. Sound quality. quality. Right? Yeah. I didn't really get the idea of tapes at first. But now I think it's just more of a, you know, tapes wear out. They're impermanent. They're not, they're not easily shared and distributed. So yeah. I think the idea of a tape, I think, is just something kind of. I mean, it's retro. It's yeah. cool, but bands just seem to really dig them. You know, so like, I think it's just that idea that like you own this tape and it's yours, and it's like, you know, that's it's not it like so. It feels good and having a tape, and, and you remember it. You listen to the whole thing. You know, oh, I remember I, I recorded Billy Joel concert off the radio on a red tape. Oh, and I remember yeah, it. I remember yeah, the whole thing it was a red yeah. tape, and I put it in, and I would love that. Tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole concert, I was so happy. Yeah. It was the you got your headphones and your Sony Walkman. And the batteries are running out. Or when a tape starts running out, or your favorite tape gets stuck in the cassette player and rips all the tape out. Strategic. No! You pull out hoping it didn't rip and it snaps. Yeah, you're going pretty slowly. (laughs) I'll just download that again. That's it. When you um, do your beers, you have to obviously come up with a name for each beer. So, what's that process? So, the only rule, one of our brand guidelines for our brand, um, colors, art style, everything. But one one of the biggest rules is that no matter what we do, it has to somehow relate to music, which is awesome. Because like lots of brands pigeonhole themselves and like, oh, it has something to do with, relate with some kind of you know story, you know, or a book or something. This is like music. That's yeah, as wide and varied. Yeah. It's multicultural. It's you know multi you know lingual. It's every generation yeah. from like you know the fifties. You can go back as far as you want. You know. So the only rule is it doesn't have to be named after a song. It just has to have something to do with music, which is again wide. So so far, all my beers I have named after songs, just because it's struck me right. So, like, all my beers are named after the three core beers and all the other beers that I do just for fun have all been, you know, named after a song or a lyric from a song or something like that. So, and it's pretty, and I try, I've also got something that's trademarked because I would, you know, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, something that's inspired by, you know. And usually it's when I taste the beer, smell the beer, and I'm like, this is the song, I know what it is, you know. And in terms of distribution for yours, yeah. what, what's your reach? 
So right now, um, so we launched about a year and a half ago. And so at that point, Birvana in Vietnam, we'd gone through a really hard time, obviously, with COVID. Mm-hmm. We weren't sure it was going to last. And we were running out of imported American beer to sell. So I talked to my like, my team members and the management team and I said, hey, guys, like, what do you think if like I'm about to launch this brand? I would rather not build a distribution team. Duh. Why don't we use Birvana? You know? And I mean, if it's good enough, because mm-hmm. we have a rule. like you know, And so... Yeah. We put on the Birvana trucks about about a year ago, and it's been going quite well. So as a CEO of Birvana, obviously you have a bit of a same. Put on one people. hat, put on the yeah. other hat. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I did double check. You know, ethically, I did double check with my, you know, the CEO uh, Aaron, our, our global CEO, and the CEO of Thailand, and said, "Hey guys, are we good? To, you know, this cool plan." But at the end of the day, from a company, from a Birvana yeah. point of view, if your CEO right, yeah. is brewing his own beer yeah. and selling it through the company, yeah. then that means you believe in that. Yeah. You believe totally. in what you're doing. So it's actually exactly. a good thing. It's quite good, yeah. And actually helped us pull us out of a really serious situation in Vietnam because we had beer to sell. And now it's really cool because we're, uh, <coughs> side note, we're distributing, um, we were always going to br- distribute more local beer, but now Birvana Vietnam and Birvana Indonesia and Birvana Thailand, because there's more, I can mention this in a minute, there's actually some production of local craft in Thailand. Um, and we're now distributing a bunch of local brands. So Birvana Vietnam is, uh, in May 7th, we're going to have a, a big party, Birvana Carnival. And we're actually st- basically launched the fact that we're distributing eight local craft beer brands in Vietnam. So it's actually really turned our company around. It's quite Sweet. fun. It's quite cool. Yeah. Because we were on the verge of like, we didn't know Vietnam was going to last. Yeah. We were getting beer in. It was a big, you know, cash flow situation. And then local beers, you know, makes sense. It's easier, faster. More, more importantly, are we able to get your particular beer here in Thailand? So you that's, so I just dropped mind. off samples to, to, to Thailand. So... <clears throat> Yes, at some point, yes. Um, but not now. Soon. Oh, um, well, the thing is, is that I want to make sure well, that... Hang on. What was the point of this? I thought this was the whole point, <laughs> was to get beer. I, mean, I thought we'd have a little couple yeah, of beers. Right. I, I wasn't enjoying them. You'd pro- I'd probably go, that's all right. Yeah. Lie. You'd probably go, probably. oh, that's lovely. It's the best thing I've ever had. <laughs> I think you might like them. Um, I think the big thing is that, uh, to be honest with you, the main reason is I can't produce beer enough fast enough in Vietnam to supply the market there. Like, it's selling out too fast. So I can't ship any beer anywhere yet. Right. But the big term plan for mixtape, because I think, I, what, it's, sorry, I think yeah. what it's actually saying is we need to go to Vietnam. Yes, that's exactly that's, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, right, okay. <laughs> but I hope to have it over here in Thailand with, by the end of the year. That's the goal. Cool. Yeah. Do you believe that the earth is flat? Yes. No. Excellent. Talk is, oh, no, he's joking. <laughs> Let's go. Damn it. No, I'm totally joking. <laughs> I love how just the random question out of nowhere. Yeah, I just, well, why not? Is there? <laughs> um, what sort of things have you got on your bucket list? Uh Oh man, there's a lot. <laughs> Bucket one. list. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to. Man, there's so many places I want to travel to still. Especially now the world's opened up. Like, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize how much. As all of us who live abroad, like, you don't realize how small a country is until you can't travel anywhere else. It's like, well, I like being here, but I want to go other places. You know. You make actually, you make a really good point there because I remember speaking to people. Yeah. Pretty much during the lockdown, and for yeah. people like us that have, and you came to this party slightly late if you yeah. like because as you said you, I was a, a homeboy and that was it and yeah, this is all yeah, I yeah. need and for people that have stuck that life COVID oh, yeah. I'm stuck at home but COVID is not a big deal for them, no, not a big it's deal. a big deal but it yeah, is but yeah. like for the likes of us that you know yeah. we can be anywhere in the world any day, yeah. whenever you, within a day I'm going to pop over to Vietnam pop over to Taiwan yeah. pop over to oh, Laos and then to yeah. be stuck not being able to do that that's it's a weird feeling it's a very weird uncertain yeah. feeling I'm not the only one that's been quite happy with that yeah, yeah. we are a hermit so that's <laughs> yeah, very true I am a hermit I mean I get that too like at first when it happened in Vietnam I was like okay cool I don't have to go travel as much for a little bit that's, I can deal with this Yeah, you know I can take a little break from and also I haven't explored Vietnam that much cool I'll explore within but after a while you're like just, I think it's just the option you know and then this trip so this is the first time 
we heard that we could get in pretty quickly. So my buddies and I planned this trip in like a couple days. We flew over here for the week. And it reminded me how much I love going to places. So, like, I really want to. I was just talking to the guys. They said, you know, we're talking about this, like, bucket list. Where do you want to travel? Were you talking to them before you came here? And this, is that the reason you're 45 minutes late for our podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Did you like the way I dropped yeah. it in? Subtle. I've waited Subtle. for 40 uh, minutes. Well, I was trying Bang. to find a COVID testing place and I was trying to get my taxi. And I was, you don't yeah. need a COVID test to come on the podcast. It's no, right. no. But yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, you'll be fine. As long as you're negative. You're yeah. right. Exactly. Oh, Positive. Oh, that's right. <laughs> no one cares anymore, right? Yeah, right. It's, I'm uh, done with it. Oh, me too. Well, I, I was pretty, pretty done. I was pretty done with it when I got to Texas and realized I didn't give a care, and I was all right. And then came back to Asia. I'm like, man, like Vietnam's pretty. We were pretty, pretty lucky. Vietnam's been like a walled garden. I mean, it's, same here, remote, yeah, pretty much. So. Inside, it was fine, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready to be done. With Going it. back to your bucket list. <laughs> yeah. One place that you really want to travel that you've never been to. I really want to do India. But I want to do it for like three months. I want to go like dive in. You know, I want to go like deep. You know, I want to like I want to get, like understand it because I feel it's such a massively big country and there's so much to explore. Very diverse. Yeah. Place, yeah, I want to actually. I don't want to just go in as a tourist. That thing. I want to go really get into the skin. You know, and my ex never wanted to go, and my daughter didn't want to go because I understand it's a little more. You know, there's some yes. dangers there, and so I was like, oh, I want to go with a backpack and like nothing else. And it's like, you know, just dive in and go. <laughs> <You know? laughs> You might get a bit of chaffage if you're not yeah. wearing anything. <laughs> Be careful. True, there. true, true. Okay, I'll wear some underwear. <laughs> Listen, we're going to have to. Yeah. We're going to have yeah. to go. I'm afraid because yeah. we, we've had you on yeah, it's forever. Far too long. It's lovely to see you. No, I don't know. think I can't honestly. It's been a long time. I think it's it's been the last fest. Yeah. Well, I think it was. Yeah, I mean, COVID locked it down. I think I was here last three years ago. Yeah, that's we pretty good. Awesome. Awesome. I've seen a lot of changes on the island, man. It's a lot of like. We got talents way nicer to clean and like uh, the central mall. But, but even like you said, you know, the Full Moon Brewery are really pushing themselves. Yeah, now they're out great, there. There's yeah. another craft beer place Mad open at Blue Tree, which are doing smoked fish and beer, which oh, I think really? is really I think cool. Sign, yeah, yeah, because I'm learning to smoke um, at the moment. Oh, and, cool. and <laughs> fish is actually you know, really easy to do. Bad for you though, right? Like, <laughs> Spinkles what's in there. You know what I mean? Sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle. That's true. That's true. On that note, Chad, thank you very much, my friends. Really Thanks, appreciate guys. your time. Cheers, buddy. Yeah. Great to see you again, man. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks, Russ. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, yeah. then. Bye. <laughs> Welcome to the outro. Hello, mate. Hi, Russell. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. How was your weekend? It's been good. Yours? Great. Busy? I, I worked most of the time. You worked. Hence why we're doing the outro on a Monday. Three days later. <laughs> on the Monday lunchtime, <laughs> rather than straight on a Just Friday. don't tell anyone. They'll never know. Okay. That was Chad. That's who it was. Chad. Sorry, it was three days ago. I'm struggling to remember. <laughs> Chad Robert Mitchell. James Stewart Matthew Walker. Well done. Russell D. Russell. <laughs> Let's not go down that whole, <laughs> That's that a whole minefield of names going on. Uh, you know Chad better than I do. He's lovely, isn't he? Chad's awesome. And he had a Stetson hat. Which, which was very, very cool. Which I wasn't expecting, but that was very no, cool. No, and I post it on Instagram and everyone thinks I look like a damn good cowboy. That... Cat or oh, that cap, that hat. The cap. You can't call it two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, that's like a million euros it's with close. the exchange rate going on. Yeah, close, probably about two million rubies, rubles. It's a terrible joke. Um, he's an amazing guy, huh? He's a lovely guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've, I think we were discussing on the pod actually when we first met. I'm remember, pretty Russell? sure it was at that the. The say wine tasting, you the, the beer him. tasting. Yeah, yeah. You knew him before me, and then you just through beer. And it was a case of because we'd Em and I had done that big long um, sort of beer trip, if you like, down the west coast of the states, and had come back. And I think it was through when he was initially connected with Drinks and Co. 
that we sort of got hold of some of the well, you were craft hanging out drinks and coke quite a lot at that time I a believe. little bit yeah and then the brew bridge place opened and they had a lot of the craft beers in there um and then Chad, with his connection at Beervana, was doing lots of and events. That's how and I that's met how him. Got to okay, and I yeah. met him through the Beervana event. And I, yeah. I was thinking back, um, the listeners just listened to it, but I was thinking back over the weekend. And yeah, it was a Beervana event at Outrigger. Yeah, it was which Outrigger. It's the same one that we went to, yeah. And that's when he gave me the fruity lemon beer, which was average. It's <laughs> yeah. horrible. No, I mean, that, that's it's, the thing. It's not it. Fizzy Heineken or Sam McGill. You're not right interested. Now. I'm not really interested, yeah. no. No, like I mean, a Budweiser. I mean, I don't mind. I, I, I quite like some of the craft beers. And like, with what he was saying with the, the the different varieties and textures and flavors that go into them. I mean, sure, you're going to taste one and think, no, that's fucking awful. Others, yeah, that's amazing. And because there's such a, a breadth of, of options there, you're bound to find one that you like. But he the, wasn't too arrogant about it. Like sometimes with wine snobs, you find a bit arrogant about yeah. it. But he wasn't. He was kind of like, yeah, yeah, this, uh, you know, he was more chilled out about it and he makes it for himself and he's not kind of saying, no, this is this hob taste of berries with a hint of armadillo Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if you asked him, yeah, he could go into the detail of it, but that's just I not him. I don't want to, to be fair. No, but but also that's not him as, as a, like you say, he's just very cool with it. Like, it's his passion, it's his hobby. You said that about a lot of people. You're not wrong, but you do say that about most people. Well, I wouldn't say if other people are ugly, I'm not going to say they're ugly, am I? I'm polite. So, but... I never called Steve Colonel handsome. Well, that's the point, you see, because you call people handsome and beautiful and then you don't call other people anything else. So do those people suddenly think, well, hang on, he didn't call me handsome. Does that mean? Yes, it does. Okay, good to know. So I'm glad we had that chat. Sorry, Steve. All the, all the girls have been in the podcast now checking what I called them <laughs> in the introduction. If I didn't say they were beautiful or stunning, that's right. it. They're yeah. ugly. Listen, listen to figures have just gone off a fucking cliff. We'll just, we'll just call it bush pig pod. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to beer goggles. Back to beer goggles. <laughs> anyway, that was Chad. And hopefully a lot of more of his craft stuff can come into Thailand. Yeah, I'm because very, I'm there is a very big excited scene. about his own personal ones that he's made. I'm looking forward to those coming here. So the mixtape beer. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm looking forward to mixed trying some. Beer, what a great name. It's a great name. Yeah. He's a great guy. I think we had a, we had a really good chat he's with a, him. It's it just one of those people that... Gets it. Well, A, that. But also, you know, when you meet new people, generally speaking, it takes time to sort of... You know, build some sort of rapport. And, and Depends where you like, meet like mate. with you and I, we've known each other for what fifteen years, and we still haven't really quite got there. Um, whereas other people you meet, and just straight off the bat, you're like, "Yeah, you're this the second person today that's belittled me." It's great. To be fair, it's it's quarter to one in the afternoon. That's that's good going for you. Anyway, <laughs> we're at Wine Connection. Thanks, Wine Connection, for letting us use you today. We're going to pizza we're and spreading pasta. Spreading the love. We're spreading the love. Um, Russ, if they want, oh no, I don't need to do that because I've got my girl. That I've paid money to do the next bit. You oh, can go now. Yeah, you've, You're you've, done. You've Although me do, out. do stakes. I need to do some more recording with you for, but for something else. I will hang around. Thank you, Chad. It was Thanks amazing having you on the podcast. I look forward to seeing you in Vietnam and sampling some beer. Yes. I'm not sure where to go with that. I was trying to think of Vietnam. Oh, P.S. Erica, if you're listening to this as well, I will definitely be coming to see you as well. Who? Erica. It's a long story. Okay. So it's, not, it's a private yeah, end joke not, that yeah. only she will get if she's listening. Let's not go down that path. Right. Thanks, Russ. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye. Follow us on Facebook. At Jail Shark and Friends. On Twitter, at Phuket Podcast. On Instagram, at Phuket Podcast. But the best place to go is PhuketPodcast.com. The Jail Shark and Friends and Russell Podcast was created and produced by Shark 13 Productions. If you are looking to start a podcast or would like to learn more about how a podcast can work alongside your current marketing plans, then contact us now at j at Shark13Productions.com.